It seems fitting that our Old Testament lesson is a psalm of praise after we have just heard the joy from such a little mouth about being together in community this day. Hear now Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, will you pray with me? Oh God, you know us better than we know ourselves. As the scriptures are read, we will listen to your voice. By your spirit, lead us out of our fears and into the kingdom of your love through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Our New Testament reading today comes from Matthew 25. But in the chapters leading up to this scripture, Jesus privately warns his disciple of the dark days ahead, when false prophets will arise and suffering will occur and many will lose faith. Jesus tells his followers that this will only end when the Son of Man, coming on the clouds of heaven with the power of great glory, brings his angels and gathers the elect. Our passage today marks the end of Jesus' discussion relating to death and final judgment. And the Son of Man has arrived, with his angels is now is seated on the throne and called King. So hear now the words from Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put his sheep at the right hand, and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at the right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, you, you are whole members of my family and you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left hand that you are accursed. Depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not give me clothing. 
sick and in prison, and you did not visit me? Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And he will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'll be honest, I started this sermon and I had a title and this kind of vague idea of what I wanted to do with the scriptures for the day. And then like many of you all, I spent a week, uh, last week, with my family celebrating the holiday and that vague idea kind of went out the window. As I began to sit and think about all of those things that are passed down from generation to generation. All of those things that you unconsciously say and do that come from the people who raised you and the folks who raised them. So today I'm going to speak a lot about history and heritage, origins and roots. And when I use those terms, I mean these little things. Like the holiday traditions that you have when you gather around a table. Or the mannerisms you picked up because you grew up seeing them and hearing them or that funny little quirk you have that can be traced back to an ancestor you may not even know. When I use these terms, I'm talking about those things. I'm also talking about the history that we have as Christians, the biblical heritage that we own as people of faith. All right? So if you were listening to our lectionary passages today, it probably did not take you long to realize that they sound vastly different. There's this contagious joy in Psalm 100 that then is followed by that rather somber and often frightful passage from Matthew 25. At first glance, these passages feel so different, and yet they are both asking us to imagine, to consider, to think about a future, a future filled with faith, joy, and compassion that doesn't dismiss the suffering and pain that we also see in our world today. I hear these two passages and I truly wonder, is it possible to hold in tension this expectant hope for the future and the injustices that we continue to see harm God's people and creation today? Our New Testament reading tells us that we stand at the threshold of the kingdom's arrival. But before we can reach that future, we need to consider our roots. And by roots, I mean history. Those innate things, like it or not, that make us who we are. A heritage grounded in the promises of God, woven through a tapestry of generations that traces back further than Ancestry.com can even find. The Lord's teaching on final judgment challenges every disciple of Jesus to be a harbinger of God's kingdom in a broken world. It is a continuation of the history we share as children of God. In this powerful and rather fearsome depiction of Christ, the separation of nations is symbolized by a shepherd sorting sheep from goats. Those blessed ones, the ones who are not merely recipients of good fortune, but they're also the ones who embody the blessing foretold in the Beatitudes. In Christ's kingdom, the blessed ones are the ones who embody their faith through acts of love and service without retaliation, 
without hatred, towards those who incite conflict. The separation of nations signifies a very decisive moment rooted in our biblical history. The blessed ones chosen by the God, by God, inherited a place of honor. And this inheritance is not just a distant promise. It is part of a covenant of grace, a covenant seen and portrayed in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, calling us to love those who have different roots and origins and histories than ourselves, and yet also dream of the same future where everyone is loved by not only their creator, but their neighbor. The blessed ones, exemplifying the life and loving kindness, become a true living testament to the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Their acts of compassion speak to a present hope that transcends circumstances. Our God is big and great enough to hold our hope for the future while shaping our present actions. Our hope is not wishful thinking, but an anchor for the soul. Rooted in the promises of our biblical history as we engage in acts of compassion, we express our hope for a future where Christ's presence is undeniable. Our reading from Matthew includes a remarkable claim. Did you catch it? Acts of kindness, to the least of these, are worship to Christ. That is a transformative hope. And recognizing Christ and the marginalized, we discover the present hope that can transform our interactions every day. Our God carries our desires for a future where Christ's presence is evident as we embody Christ's love in the here and now. All siblings in Christ, not just the ones on the margins, become the canvas for which we paint our present hope and our heritage becomes a foundation for compassionate justice and action. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. What a beautiful five verses from Psalm 100. These five verses we heard today, we find a resounding call to worship with joy, acknowledging that the Lord is our God. And as we navigate uncertainties in the future, our worship becomes a powerful expression of hope and joy rooted in the goodness of our God. The psalm invites us to enter God's presence with thanksgiving and praise, recognizing that history and hope find their ultimate fulfillment in the joy of worshiping a God that has been present and will be present through all seasons and times. Our psalm points to our biblical history by acknowledging that we are God's people, sheep of God's pasture. In the midst of challenges and suffering we face, this acknowledgement becomes a source of comfort and assurance. Our God is infinite. Holding our present realities and our worship becomes a testimony to enduring faithfulness. As we worship with joy, we declare our trust in God, who shepherds us through valleys and who leads us beside still waters. In contrast, the contrast presented in reading our two narratives today underscores such a significance in embracing kingdom-oriented perspectives for our heritage and hope. Those who fail to see the needs of the disadvantaged miss the essence of Christ's kingdom and the transformative nature of God's grace and love. Our future is intricately tied to our ability to bear witness 
to God's kingdom in the present, guided by our history and fueled by our hope. The blessed ones, having inherited the kingdom, exemplify a transformative power of faith and action. It's a challenge to imagine the scope of God's love and care, a challenge to imagine that God's love for us is that big, but it is. Enabling us to come, become not just agents for peace and advocates for those in need, but also voices for justice. As we navigate the uncertainties of the future, may our heritage anchor us as our hope propels us to actively engage in the redemptive work of God's kingdom. And as we move into Advent, a time of waiting for the birth of the Savior, and yet still hopefully looking to the future that Christ invites us into, may our history and hope intertwine, creating a tapestry of faithfulness that bears witness to the glorious realities of God's kingdom. Blessed ones, as we navigate the uncertainties of the future, may our worshipful actions reflect the splendor of God who loves and grace, whose love and grace is vast enough to hold it all. May it be so. Amen.